and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we're talking about 50 games of what? I'm one of your hosts, Kitty. And I'm Chris. Many of us have game collections. Most of those collections are probably manageable. Some of us, <clears throat> Chris, <clears throat> have unmanageable game collections. But what if the universe ruled you could only ever have 50 games in your collection? How would you decide what to keep and what to get rid of? Would it change how you looked at getting new games? Is 50 games still more than you'd ever need? Spoiler alert, I can't get under 50. I think I should have made this number 100. But first, <laughs> I'm going to thank our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, The Gift of Games in Grey's Late, and of course, listener Doug, who... I copied these from an earlier show notes, so he wasn't exactly in the list where I wanted him, but Listener Doug is our newest friend of the show, and we like Listener Doug a lot. Also, huge thank you to all our other patrons, who we also like a lot. As much, if not more, or maybe a little less than Listener Doug, you guys decide. You're all my favorites. Uh, Kitty, how's stuff? Busy. (laughs) Excellent. So, uh, we should probably talk about the elephant that's not in the room. You made Fletcher mad this weekend, and he decided not to join us on the recording. Can you please explain and apologize to our listeners? No. Okay. (laughs) So. (laughs) No. um, Fletcher did have a housewarming party that I was unable to attend because Spencer and I had a catastrophic Google Calendar fail. Um, Yeah. But unrelated, (laughs) Fletcher (laughs) forgot that it's Monday. So. (laughs) <laughs> and then we dealt with, with friends and it's like he's like, oh, oh. Oops. <laughs> yeah. I actually did forget as well. And he texted me on Friday saying, Hey, are you gonna come tomorrow? And I'm like, um and then I'm, I scroll back up on our conversation and see the invite. I'm like, oh yeah, yep, definitely gonna be there. Uh what time again? <laughs> and yeah. I so. had it in my calendar and I was like, look, I used the calendar, and Spencer's like so did I. Why is my weekend that I have to go up to Minnesota for four days to close the cabin not showing up on your calendar? And I'm like, I, I, it it didn't. But my event was showing up on his. But it turns out that closing up the cabin is um, a much bigger deal than making it to Fletcher's housewarming party. But I did invite no. us over to Fletcher's another time. And he said it was cool. So we'll have to go play some gigantic board game there without my children. It was or your cool. children. He has a great. Well, we brought our children with us because we're like, well, we're going to bring the kids with us. I thought about it, but they, and then they <laughs> they were great. They had such a good time. They immediately became social. We're playing the entire time. Like I was pretty impressed with how they uh, like just in general. But yeah, no, it was fun hanging out with Fletcher in in real time. So I hadn't seen a lot of those, the people that were there since I married them. And they all remembered me and I remembered some of them. But that's how that goes. Um, I would have brought my children if I had had um, a less medically complex week with them. We ended up (laughs) at urgent care and an emergency dentist appointment this week. So yeah, I was like, I'm not taking... Any any extra risks solo parenting? All I know is you moved to Wisconsin and all of a sudden your kids are, have bumps and bruises and fevers. And um, anyway, it's if you would like to join house, our live recording, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to hear the full story behind all of that and wiggly tooths on two year olds, um, join us live Mondays, 830, tabletopgametalk.com slash live. 
Sometimes Fletcher's even here live. Sometimes he's not. <laughs> and I will say, Join usually, if teeth bother you, we don't often talk about that. <laughs> usually not. Um, join our Discord, where we are currently designing a fantasy football board game spontaneously and accidentally, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Kitty refuses to read the, I don't know, 110 messages about it, but Honestly, I if I pop into any thread and it says more than 15 unread new messages, I'm like, mm, I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scrolling back up. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's basically, yeah, I, I don't disagree, but on our Discord server, I do read everything. I guess it depends um, on the, the the context. If it was in the it, crafting yes, yeah, thread, yeah. man, I'd be up there in a heartbeat. But okay, if there were 100 messages in the crafting thread, I would read them because it'd be like, <laughs> what are they talking about for 100 messages? I Seriously. did, during the pre-show, start a Halloween costume conversation, but I don't think we'll make it to okay. 100. Sydney picked her pick the kids Halloween costumes like a I don't know nine months ago because <laughs> she saw them I'm like you're supposed to let them pick but uh, my child wants cute. to be a swamp monster and I am feeling challenged and inspired and uh, curious about why but you know whatever he's a kid <laughs> yeah Zachary doesn't like candy unless it's chocolate so We'll see how the trick-or-treating thing goes. He thinks he likes it, but then he puts, like, Skittles or anything like hard sugar candies or soft sugar candies or anything that's just sugar candies. He puts them in his mouth and spits them out and says, I don't like this. I'm like, all right, give it to me. And then I eat it. Um, Because that's what you do as your parent. You just really don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Join our BGA group, and you could see our final Next Station London game that is Running literally right now, we were playing it just before I hit record, and I told the people that I'm playing with that I, well, one of the people that I'm playing with, because Courtney's in the live chat, that I am not taking any turns during this episode because it's the finals, and I have to focus, and I can't focus and talk at the same time, usually. Uh, But yes, this has been a really, really, really heated tournament, and I'm excited to be in the final four, and... I Humbled thought this was going to be of the players. my tournament. I thought, oh, for sure, this is the one. I play this game all the time. I'm coming in knowing it. And uh, I got knocked out real, real fast. So I have it's, no hope for like any said, of our tournaments ever. But I'm going to keep playing. And maybe one day I'll just like accidentally luck into stumbling upon a win. That seems to well, be how I do things. the thing is, <laughs> you only have to play to win and if i were on top of things i'd be drawing names tonight but i'm not so i'm gonna be drawing names next week but um yeah you just have to participate although kitty is never um valid (laughs) eligible (laughs) valid Uh, or eligible to win joshua suggests that i will win our blood rage tournament so (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 a possibility i may start that i would have to play in it for that to happen so (laughs) that is true A couple other things I should mention. We talked about Keyforge all last week. That was mostly Sydney, Fletcher, and I. And we dropped because I wasn't present. Because you weren't (laughs) present. We dropped the episode on Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I don't think anything to do with our episode, but probably uh, Ghost Galaxy said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Sorry, sorry. Okay, we'll give you some formats back that you really wanted." (laughs) So they made a correction. They had a explanation. It eh, sounded a tad 
defensive at times, but mostly it was good and it's been well received. Um, for those who know, the biggest issue that people have right now is they announced Sealed coming back. But at a high level, Sealed was, here's three decks, pick one. At, a, at the store level, is here's one deck, play it, because you're only going to be playing three rounds and keep the cost down. Well, they decided that somehow they misunderstood what the community wanted, because I cannot imagine the community ever asking for this. <laughs> they made the high level one deck Sealed. And nobody, nobody wants that Mm -hmm. so they're getting a decent amount of chatter around there they're they're key for celebration you can look at the sealed single deck tournament has eight people signed up for it the sealed two deck alliance one has 80 people signed up for it not because mix and match one that's the alliance one because that and sealed Sealed alliance isn't bad that one i don't mind (laughs) but i will not play a single deck no High-level tournament. That's just not going to happen. So they'll fix it, though. Um, I have faith that no matter what they do to the game, they will undo it if it doesn't work. Because they're not they're not trying to make the game what they want. They're trying to make the game viable. And if the game's not viable, they'll just change it. So that's good. Small companies can be very uh, agile in that way. Um, finally, GameholeCon is next weekend. And Kitty, you're not going, right? No. This was another... It was seriously the most catastrophic calendar upset that has ever happened in my life. Google just decided to stop showing me all of Spencer's um, calendar events. It created a new calendar that I didn't know I had been putting events under. And yeah, I'm going to write a strongly worded email to Google that no one will ever read. Yeah, I don't have that good of an excuse. I just completely forgot. And... This last month and a half has been so crazy at work that I just completely forgot. So then I'm like, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll just drive up there on Saturday morning, and then I can drive back Sunday, and that would be fine. But then I realized that I'd be leaving Sydney without a car for the entire weekend, and I'm driving up there without a badge. So I'd have to basically, I I don't mind that, but I don't actually get credit for showing up to the show. So there's that motivation for kicks back, because GameholeCon, as long as you buy your badge before the show you get like levels and i wouldn't sign hadn't signed up for anything and steve's gonna be there so i'm like all of these things combined made for a really good reason not to go (laughs) so i think i'm i'm gonna probably not go unless i just go up there saturday morning and drive back saturday night that is a possibility and I, i kid with steve like honestly he and michael are gonna be there and they're the reasons why i would drive up there if if we set up a game sometime Saturday afternoon, I would drive up there to play a game with those guys. So I might be up there, but it won't be for any significant amount of time. It'll probably just be on Saturday. So well, if you're driving past you me, were planning- feel free to stop in because I'll be eh. here alone with two children again. Yeah, I, well, that's the other thing, too. I was like, well, I could just bring the kids with me, especially if it's just a day long. But then I'm bringing Sydney and then she's just going to chase around the kids while I play board games. And that doesn't seem like a very nice thing. So maybe if you came too, the two of you could chase around kids while I play board games. Absolutely that not. I invited you to my home. Even worse. I'm not leaving my home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about a topic, shall we? I, if we must. Oh, well, you're going to like this one, I think. I'm, gonna I'm over here listing games, s- so. <laughs> I So I don't have... I mean, I have ideas. I always have ideas. But I don't have, like, a solution to this. 
I was looking around my house and I have three major places, three main places. You can't have three main places, right? You can have three significant places, but there can only be one main place. In any case, there's three places in my house that I have games. The basement storage area, which I have most of my games. The upstairs game room, which I have the second most of my games. And then the downstairs game area, which I have the most played games. And I've been trying to do this fall purge of getting stuff out of my house so I can have space and room and look around and not have, you know, just boxes every place. And it occurred to me that I have a lot of games and a lot of games that I probably will never, ever play again. So why do I have these games? Because just in a practical sense, even Mm -hmm. if they're good games, I still probably will never play them because there's a lot of other games I would rather play over them. So I'm like, well, what if I did this thing where I just said, I'm going to have 50 games. New games can come in and they can be pending. And once I play them, I can decide to keep them or not. But I'm going to have 50 games. How would I do that? How would I like come up with 50 games? And I started doing this and I know that I can't. I can't do 50 games. But I think I can get close. And this is what I want to talk about is how you narrow down those games that are important enough to actually take up space in your house. Because I bought a house specifically for games. Most people did not do that. Mm-hmm. So they have smaller collections. Um, so yeah, so that's that's the topic. That's what we're talking about. Kitty, how many games do you have in your house? Oh. <laughs> I was trying to count. I don't know. Um, probably around the 50 mark, though. Somewhere around 50 games would be my guess. And it doesn't... Like, 50 goes fast, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I have a lot of small box games. Like, I have a lot of games, like, the size of a deck of cards. Maybe slightly larger. So that those go real, real quick. Um, and then I'd say probably large games. I don't know. Because I just I just finally unpacked. Oh, I have a picture. I have a picture of all my games I posted on the Discord. I can go count. And then, Michael's not an Emmy. Michael knows. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all of your games? I'm pretty sure. what sh- channels did you post in the Discord? I don't remember. All right. That's fair. <laughs> probably um, general whatever. <laughs> If it was, I missed it. But yeah, so I'm going to, like, I could do an entire episode of my my top 50 games, but I'm just going to run down this very quickly. If you know them, you know them. If you don't, you don't. These are games, and I think these are just 40, plus then I have a bunch of others here too, and a bunch that I'm like, all right, I'm at 40, and I still have an entire room of games to look at. Um, And these are in no particular order, because my first one is Probably one that I would kick off sooner than others. But Mansions of Madness, Arkham Horror the Card Game, Robinson Crusoe, Marvel United, Mind Management, Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition, not regular, Scythe, Fiticulture, Too Many Bones, Vindication, Keyforce, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, Decrypto, Cthulhu Death May Die, Pyramid Arcade, Hadrian's Wall, I Feel Bad for the People Who Listen to Us at a Higher Speed, Mythic Battles Pantheon, <laughs> Zombie Side, Black Pig, or second edition, I can't decide. Great Western Trail, Foundations of Rome, Beyond the Sun, Lost Runes of Arnak, War of the Rings, Star Wars Rebellion, Star Wars Outer Rim. Really do like that game, especially with the expansion. Dune Imperium, Quacks of Quellenberg, Car Wars, sixth edition. Eh, I still like it regardless of whatever complaints I might have. It's still a really good game. Dice Thrones, Dwellings of Eldervale, in, uh, Imperium Legends and Classics. That's really just one game. Arcadia slash Starcadia. I think I like them both the same. Um, Battlestar Galactica. Necromold. This is a Play-Doh-based miniatures game, but seriously, I've never played it, but I'm not going to get rid of it. Marvel Champions. That's definitely one I would get rid of. Root, Sentry Golem Edition, the entire series. Uh, the Crew, both of them. Railroad Inc., Gizmos, The Loop. 
And then for legacy games, I have Sleeping Gods, which I have only played the intro, but I really want to play. My City, which we were a quarter of the way through. Um, and then I have new games that have just come in too. So, and then there's, this is, I think I just said 40-ish games. I have 400 more games that are games that, like, not, I don't want to get rid of all of them. But at the same time, the universe dictates, right? So you have to say, okay, what stays and why does it stay? And that's really kind of the heart of what I want to get down here is what stays and why does it stay? So I have two things to say. Number one, 61. I have 61 games. Um, I did not count the Time Story expansion packs. I just counted that as one game because you can't play without the base game. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did not count the kids' games. So these are just games, pretty much my games. There's a couple of Spencer games in there. But yeah, um, there might be a couple that are tucked away elsewhere in my home. But on my shelf picture here, I had 61. Um, and then I have a suggestion for how you decide what goes and what stays. And you're going to be mad at me <laughs> because you pick up each game and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? <laughs> no. Oh, no. you should be in our live audience. Courtney is laughing so hard at Chris, just shaking <laughs> his head at me because that is how you decide. Does it spark joy, Chris? <laughs> <sighs> it depends on my mood. Sometimes it does spark joy and sometimes it doesn't. And if I pick it up and it doesn't spark joy today, maybe it will tomorrow. And that's what's important. So you can create a maybe pile, but I will tell you, your maybe pile is actually a no pile. Like, if you are going to, this is a decluttering question, Chris. And, and you know, I guess you can come up with a different question, which is, who will I play this with? That's a good question. Actually, that's a better question than what I was thinking. My question was, will I play this again? Mm-hmm. I think, who will I play this game? Who will I play this with? Is probably a better question. Both of them can be combined. I think but, you um, need to ask yourself kind of a series of questions. And it can be you know like summed up by does it spark joy but you know you want to think i like to have my like what niche does this fill i like that one who will i play this with how often will i play this and even if no one will ever play it with me do i love it enough to hold on to it anyway so the how often that's where the 50 came from Mm -hmm. 50 is if i have a game collection of 50 it means if i played one different game a week i would have a year's worth of games to play ish yep ish right and i feel that that is a reasonable number of games Mm -hmm. however when i look at my game collection i'm like hmm no some of these games i haven't played in well over a year maybe two years but still would play at a moment's notice if you know i thought about it at the time that we could play games so it's that's where i'm like "Ah, 50s tricky but i still think 50 I want 50 to be a goal. But like you ruled out the kids' games, I'm ruling out a few other things that I think are don't need to be part of that 50. Entry-level games. The games that I play with non-gamer friends. I don't think that... And I'm not equating them with kids' games, but let's be honest, it's kind of in the same ballpark, right? I don't think that those types of games that I enjoy but wouldn't play with, say, you if you came over, Sydney or whatever... I wouldn't play with them these games, but these are games that I can always pull out, super easy to teach, and people, you know, non-gamers would enjoy it. I feel like that should be its own set of games. Reasonable? Um, to, to not count that as part of your 50? 
Is that reasonable? Did not count as part of my 50. No. So my 50 is my 50 <laughs> gamer games. Because I can't, I'm not going to, I can't keep like 10 spots for, I don't know, the crew and, and because the crew is fantastic. I wouldn't get rid of it, but I could play that with anybody. But it's not the same weight as Cthulhu Death May Die. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're in the same category. No, but if you have 50 games, you can have 10 casual games and 10 super heavy games and those super heavy games you don't even need 10 of those you don't need 10 cthulhu death may die games i have zero of those games and i feel very good about it so so let's actually take a look at that because that is a really good point i'm gonna put mansions of madness against cthulhu death may die Mm -hmm. now you've played oh no are we creating brackets Sort of. <laughs> kind of. I'm, right now, I'm just creating a talking point. Um, have I, have we played Mansions of Madness? I have played neither of these games with you. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to, because I'm not going to assume anyone has played these games, I'm going to explain these games. They're both uh, the Cthulhu mythos. Mm-hmm. One of them, Mansions of Madness, is an app-driven cooperative game. And it takes anywhere from two to five hours, depending on the scenario you're playing. It plays one to five players, and there is a story that unfolds as you play through these. Like when you play, when you load up the app, you're going to pick a story, and that story is a full fledged story. You're trying to figure things out. Some things will change, so you can replay it, and you don't know the the same answers. But essentially, it's an unfolding story. Cthulhu Death May Die, Cthulhu Mythos, one to five players, and the story is a sentence and a half, almost literally, that says, hey, this ritual is happening. They're trying to summon this giant thing that's going to destroy the world. Stop them from doing that. That's the whole thing. And then as you play, your character is leveling up and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. You're going more and more insane. And at the end, there's this climactic battle. And the whole game takes about hour and a half to two hours. Much faster paced, much lighter on the story, there's a no story, um, but also just fun dice chucking fun. Where Mansions of Madness feels like again, if you were to describe this on paper, they they look like the same game, but far more thinky, far more puzzly. It's more of a mystery. There's some dice chucking, but even that is you know it's not it's a secondary part to the thing. Both of these games can exist in a collection, and they both have a valid reason for being there. Mm-hmm. This is why I can't just say. Well, I only need one Cthulhu game. Because now let's enter Arkham Horror, the card game. Another game you've never played. No, I never said anything about theme. You can have all the Cthulhu games. I'm saying you don't need 10 fast-paced, one-sentence story-driven dice chucker games. You have Cthulhu Death May Die. How many other games fit that same mold that don't do it quite as well as Cthulhu Death May Die in space, in fantasy, in pirate ships i don't know name a theme you probably have that same style of game across 10 themes that you don't like as much as cthulhu death may die okay all right i agree with you i 100 percent agree with you on that we're gonna compare two others in a second (laughs) because um so this is this is this is exactly what I'm looking for. These types of challenges, because you're you are right. Um, I do want to say, I love to declutter. <laughs> Please let <laughs> me throw away different... your things. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Arkham Horror the Card Game is a multi-session role-playing game. Also in the same world, that if you see it on paper, it's like basically you have three different Cthulhu-based games that all sound the same, but they play completely differently. Fun fact, I don't care about this theme at all. I just love all three of these games. Um, Another thing about Arkham Horror the Card Game is I consider this in the lifestyle game category. That is the type of game where you have a core and you just keep buying everything that comes out for it. Keyforge would also fall into that. Magic the Gathering, those types of things. Anything that's expandable. Marvel Champions is another one where it's constantly coming out with new content and you just buy it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should have too many of those style games in your collection because mm-hmm. they're literally some people's only game. Yep. But um, you should really yeah. just, just pick the one. Just pick the one. So speaking of the one, we're going to talk about War of the Rings. Mm-hmm which is a epic two-player, feels like you're playing in a cinematic movie of Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. It is amazing on so many levels. Kitty, I don't understand how you have not played this game, mostly because I've never brought it over and said, okay, tie your kids up to a post for six hours. We're going to play this game. That's what we're going to do at Fletcher's house when we... That. Surprise! Invite ourselves over. We could do that. We'll just we invite, could absolutely do that. We'll invite just the two of us. We'll play the game while Fletcher hangs out with us. I guess because it's two player. <laughs> That's per- you can play it four player, pseudo pseudo four player. Yeah, teams, whatever. Um, but it's basically a two player game. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal, phenomenal in what it does, phenomenal in the stories it tells. But it's huge. It's epic. M- most normal people can play it in about three hours once you've played it a few times. Sydney and I have never finished a game of this in less than six, mm-hmm. but she likes to think about things. The game that is almost impossible to separate from War of the Rings is Star Wars Rebellion. I was going to guess it. <laughs> yeah. It does the exact same thing, but for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The exact same thing. Of course, it plays differently. But it has that same feeling, that same ebbs and flows. And when you're done, you feel like you just went through the entire trilogy. I can't get rid of either of these. They're both amazing. Yeah, and that's fine. If that's your favorite kind of game and you like them both, two is not too many for a a certain style of game. I think 10 is too many for a certain style of game, perhaps. (laughs) Like if I'm I'm drawing lines. But, you know, I, I don't know. I think if you really... Just started picking up your games and going with your gut and putting them into two piles. I think you'd surprise yourself. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna continue this exercise because each of these examples are gonna come up. I think are. I'm not looking at the notes. I'm letting you bring them to me. Oh, these aren't even. I don't even have this in our notes. These are in a notepad. You can that tell I'm how far I scrolled tracking. down on this piece of paper here. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So the next one I want to talk about is I briefly mentioned it. Um, Actually, I'm going to do a couple easy ones. So Mind Management. This is a hidden movement game. (laughs) And it has a really cool... um, It's like based off of a comic. It has a psychedelic like feel to it. It's a hidden movement, one versus many, or one versus one. Uh, I actually think it works... Actually, it works at one versus one, and it works at one versus many. And it just feels just slightly different as people are like talking amongst themselves it plays faster one versus one because you're going back and forth a little more often but um i don't have another game that competes against this one so this one's easy to just say this is my hidden movement game of choice there's other hidden movement games out there but this is the one that i think is kind of the most fun it plays in a relatively short time frame you can play a game of this in under an hour and it doesn't wear out it's welcome so 
that's my management. That's an easy one, right? Mm, if you know who you're going to play it with and know you're going to continue to play it and it brings you joy, then yeah, that's easy. Otherwise, do you even need hidden movement to be a category in your 50? You don't, uh, it's not yeah. a checklist. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's I, not like, I, oh, I must have, there's no, there's no right 50 games. No one is going to come in and grade you. All right. You are right. And I'm going to get sick <laughs> of saying that pretty soon, but you're right. It's not a checklist, but different people will have different, different, a different number of categories that they want games in. Mm-hmm. So for me, I like most games. Uh, before the show, I mentioned how I, I've been playing a game of Libertalia on PGA, and I've discovered I hate that game. Um, not because it's a bad game. It's a completely fine game, and I can understand why people like this game. I do not like that style of game. It's the same thing with um, tiling point-gathering games. Mm-hmm. You will find none of those on my list. I don't like them. Isle of Cats, totally fine. I would play it at a friend's house. Never something that I'm going to go out and say, let's lay some tiles and collect some points. How like, many word never games do, do you feel like you need in your collection? I have counting one, two, three, carry the one, subtract all of that, zero. Zero word games. Yep. Yeah, that's yes. fine. How yeah. many word games do so, I have in my 62 game collection? We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. So, so understanding that the categories can vary mm-hmm. from person to person. So, all right. Um, another one that is actually pretty easy, I think, is Terraforming Mars Ares Exposition. Now, I've been on record quite a lot of not liking Terraforming Mars. There's a lot of reasons I don't like it. It overstays its welcome. It's ugly as sin to look at. And uh, it's just, there's too much. There's too much going on. Um, normally, I like a lot going on, but this is too random. Like, I don't like a stack of 500 cards. And it's just like, it's just too random. Same reason I'm not a big fan of the uh, Ark Nova, the new zoo game. It's the same thing. But Ares Expedition, I really do like. This is a very quick game or at least it can be it's you can play it solo if you want to although i've never played it and wouldn't care to play it solo but it's easy to describe and you know it just it doesn't overstay its welcome and for people who like the mars theme it's a good game so just in general i like this as a hand it's an action management game where once you play an action you can't play that action again for a little while it's kind of like century in that way but Anyway, that's a game that does. I don't have anything else that's like it, but I really like that game. Let's talk about. Uh, see, there's a number of others here, but let's talk about Marvel United and Marvel Champion. You've played Marvel United. Mm-hmm. Um, you've not played Marvel Champions. Mm, I'm familiar with it though. Yeah, and you, but you have played um, the Lord of the Rings LCG. Mm-hmm. So imagine I, that I encountered with Arkham Horror the LCG too. I I interacted yeah. with it and decided no, thank you. Yeah. Imagine that with superheroes. Mm-hmm. Marvel United, I and I'm putting these two on in the same thing, theme alone. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't have any other Marvel games on here, even though I have like another half a dozen Marvel games in my collection. Um Marvel United is a very casual, entry level, beginner friendly, however you want to say that. Spencer played it kind of a game. Yeah, Spencer played it and, <laughs> and he like like it's just an easy game to kind of get into. Some people, the first time they play it, are like, okay, this is too too basic. There's not enough here. But once you start digging into it, there's a ton there, literally. Well, figuratively, literally, 
there's a lot of boxes and a lot of miniatures that you can get for this game. I was going to say there's a lot of stuff. I don't know if there's any more depth to be found. There is. You have to play it a few times to see the depth, but there is a lot of depth here. But it's it's just when, when you're introduced to it, it's like, okay, here's the surface level. I would never and then call you... it super crunchy, though. Might have some crunch no. to it, but it's not a super crunchy game. Yeah. No, it's a simple puzzle. Like, you can yeah. literally play this game with four players in under 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it has one versus many. It's cooperative. It can and be team And Chris is going to be like, man, this is going to be so easy. You guys are going to beat me. And then two rounds later, you're all dead. And you're like, wait, what just happened? Exactly. Like, there's, there's nuance to this. Marvel Champions is a deck construction game where you get heroes and they have their own deck, like a full deck that comes with them. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't. And you play against scenarios, very similar to what you would do in the Lord of the Rings LCG. Mm-hmm. I don't like this game. So why do you still all? have it? I don't know. This this is a problem. This is a mental issue. But um, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I started collecting it. And now they keep putting out packs. And I'm like, well, I already have all of it. So I might as well get the next thing. And I keep buying more of it because I keep thinking the more I have, the more I'm going to like it. This shouldn't <laughs> be on my list. It shouldn't. It doesn't bring me joy. It brings me angst. Let it go. I thank it. Say it thank you. You have to thank it. Thank you for the joy <sighs> that you brought me in thinking that I would enjoy this. <laughs> so many eye rolls happening right here. Terrence would like <laughs> me to say out loud because they are not communicated through this podcast format. But seriously, it it sounds silly, but it helps. You know, you just you you acknowledge. I it's not saying like oh, I'm getting rid of this, so I wasted my money, I wasted my time, I wasted my effort. No, you enjoyed the time, you enjoyed the effort, you spent your money on something that brought you joy in the moment, and now you say thank you, and you let it go. All right, I'm moving into a different category. I have some categories. (laughs) I'm moving into the category of needs to play, need to play more of it. No, you because don't. You said you don't here. like it. You don't like it. I just let do, it go. But I no. Maybe I haven't given it the chance it deserves. You have played this game more than you have played so many other games on your shelf. You gave it a chance. <laughs> I played it. You That's played true. it. You opened it. You have given it more attention than so much you have going on. Why My do you think? Problem with it, why do you think it's going to change? My biggest problem with it is it's so anticlimactic. It's just like you play a scenario and you lose. Okay, you lost. Or you win. Okay, you won. And it's just so anticlimactic. But the thing is, Marvel United is the same way. You lose or you win. There's no post story to it. But I think it's the investment. I think Marvel United has a lower Mm -hmm. investment. So I don't mind that there's not as big a payoff at the end. I don't know. (sighs) We we got somewhat passionate about Marvel United. We got so mad at you and you're like, you're just going to beat me so easy. And then you defeated us without thinking about it and and we got a little salty and came back (laughs) a heart we were like no no we are playing this same setup again and we are going to restart reset we're coming at this so i don't know um what i do know is you keep telling me you don't like this game and then try to talk yourself into it and terrence is correct that sunk cost fallacy right there you have you are Feeding into this. Just let it go. Let it go, Indiana. You have right. other games. Right. It's not your game. All right. I'm putting it lower. I'm putting it. I'm. It's on my considered to remove list, which is furthest <laughs> as far as down as it's ever been. 
Um, the next couple I'm going to go through quickly because these ones are easy. Uh, Robinson Crusoe. I did not know if I would like this game. It is one of the most fun solo games I've ever played. You have talked um, very positively about it. I agree with it. that choice. Good job. Viticulture. <laughs> Viticulture. Like Absolutely. As far as an entry-level Euro, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Scythe. It's a deceptive. It's not a battle on a, like, dudes on a map battle uh, game. It is a resource management uh, engine building game, and I love it. Um, Too Many Bones. This is one. See, this is why I don't get rid of Marvel Champions. Because Too Many Bones, the first time I played it, I did not like this game. And Too Many Bones has problems. But I love this game. Like, I will play this solo. I'll play it, like, I'll play it two-player. I don't really care for it four-player, but I would still play it four-player. Like, Too Many Bones, amazing. Um, Keyforge, I, I like, no matter what, I still like Keyforge. I'm never going to get rid of all my Keyforge collection and be like, I'm never playing this game again. It's just, it's it's fun to play. So those ones are easy. All right, next one. Murder, or decep- Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. What is your take on this game? This was one you have played, right? Yeah, I love that game. It's a great game. Yeah. Why? I- I love deduction. <laughs> I I like that it is more deduction than social. I yep. really enjoy the interpretation aspect of it. I think it's really fun. And I just like it. It's a good game to play. It's easy to explain and to teach. And yeah. Yeah. And it's it's that it fits that not necessarily party game, but it can play up to like eight players yeah. easily. And it's just a fun game to play. Now, another one that falls in the more casual party game genre would be Decrypto. And I don't think I've... um, You would love this game, actually. I don't know why I've never played this game with you. Um, So the way this works is... Because you're afraid I'll beat you. That might be it, actually. (laughs) So the way this works is each team gets four words. And you have one person on the team... That's giving clues about, you know, so I know the words are monkey, car, radio, and sunshine. Mm-hmm. And my teammate's going to give me clues. And they can be one-word clues, multi-word clues. It can be anything. Clues so that I guess these words correctly. And I'm never going to say them out loud. I'm going to say, this is number one, this is number two, number three, or number four. Meanwhile, you're hearing the same clues. And you are told whether or not I am right or wrong. So what you're trying to do on your team is figure out the codes that I'm guessing. So if I say this is 135, because you only have to ever do three of the four words, or this is 134, and you also guess that it's 134, then that's one point towards you. And if I don't guess my own teammates' words, then that's actually a bad thing too. And then you do the same thing for your words. And it's a race to see who can figure out the other person's code faster. It is so much fun. It's also, if you have like inside knowledge, technically you're not supposed to use it, but depending on how in sync you are, you're going to get better or worse. So this it is reminds an amazing me team party of, game. Of, what's that movie? Oh, it's a terrible movie. Like four. I was going to say Goonies, but that's definitely not that. Four holidays. They're playing Taboo. And like they're terrible at Taboo as a couple. But like everyone else is just like really in sync. And they just keep getting beat. Yeah. yeah. Well, so it's not cheating if crypto... you just know all the same references and things. Uh, me and Spencer exactly. might be banned from being on a team. Well, the thing is, 
you you would just you would love it. You would love it. This game is amazing. It's just it's it's great. Um, all right. So now Pyramid Arcade to me that's a no brainer. There's just a whole bunch of games in there, and it has Homeworlds. And Homeworlds is one of my favorite games ever. Do you have Homeworlds stuff separate from your Pyramid Arcade game? Yes, I have Homeworlds. Like I own it like eight times. But how it's still... many times do you play games from Pyramid Arcade that are not Homeworlds? Never. So why? Because <laughs> I have Homeworlds that's outside of it. Now, some of this, uh, you're not wrong. I'm not wrong. I know you. This, like, I could not do this with so many other people. Like, because it's very personal what games make your top 50, what makes your collection is not the same for anyone. And there is no right or wrong answer. But I know you, and I know that you are keeping Pyramid Arcade because you think it looks cool and you would love to pull it out and be like, look at this cool game to people who come over. But you have like 10 other games you'd rather play with that person than any of the Pyramid. And then you have to, it's like starting from scratch. So you decide, oh, we're going to play a Pyramid Arcade game. Now we have to pick of the 30 games inside the box of Pyramid Arcade what which of those games are you gonna it's like a double level of work to figure out what game you're gonna play <sighs> all right fine you're not wrong i'm moving it to the bottom of the list <laughs> i'm gonna do another easy one star wars art of rim um with the expansion that's just a great multiplayer star wars game it's it's a lot of fun it's i'm so glad you enjoy it <laughs> it's good. um you would actually i think you would like this one too actually maybe um it is it is very um it's a pick up to pick up and deliver with missions kind of game. Uh, there's some light dice rolling for combat and stuff, but in general, it's it's really just kind of playing around in the Star Wars universe, and it's fun. Most of what I know about this game is that the Glass Cannon podcast guys played it at PAX Unplugged in like 2018 and talked about it for like an entire podcast episode. While I was like, get back to the show do do the it's thing right. i'm here to listen to you talk about i don't want to hear you how you demoed this game it's good um all right great western trail that was an obvious that is one of my top five games of all time and eventually i will have a top five list um a top mm. five of all time list but i love <laughs> this game i just love it so much um all right I put Hadrian's Wall on here, even though as just the mention of it makes me feel guilty these days because I haven't finished you didn't do the, the GA version of it. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay, here's another one that I don't that you're gonna talk me out of. And I don't <laughs> I almost don't even want to say it because you're gonna talk me out of it. Zombicide. You don't like that game. The first time I played Zombicide, I hated it. Like the modern style first edition Zombicide. I was playing it at 1 a.m. at Gen Con with someone who was way too into the game. And that's usually a bad sign in general. But the game itself was just kind of... Then I played Zombicide Black Plague. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, really good. I liked that game. So why aren't you keeping just that one? Well, we're getting to there. The game (laughs) plays well at two players. It plays well at three players. It's horrible at four, horrible at five, and pretty bad at six. Mm -hmm. Um. But Because you have to have six characters, then you have to divide them up. So you can each play one character, that's fine. But if you're playing four players, then two people are playing two characters and two people are playing one character. And it's just a weird mix. It's it's a pandemic-style game, right? It's like every turn, more is coming at you, more is coming at you. You need to figure out how to knock these guys back. Black Plague is 
a really fun version because I like the fantasy zombies better than the modern zombies. Mm -hmm. So that was fine. And then um, Black Plague and Green Horde, they're the same thing. So I consider them one. That's another thing I should say. Any game with expansions or any game that can be combined, I consider that one game. So Century Golem Edition, for example. That is a, its own game, but the other two expansions can be combined into the first game. I consider those all one game. So just just for reference, I'm not splitting hairs on that. It's just if they can be combined, they're the same game. Black Play Green Horde can be combined. Zombicide 2nd Edition can't be, but I own the whole thing. Zombicide Invaders can't be, but I own the whole thing. Zombicide Western whatever is coming out can't be, but I've backed the whole thing. I now have four versions of zombicide and when is the last time you played any of them uh, about a uh, six months into the pandemic so a while ago so you really like i was gonna say when you said zombicide i was gonna say like get rid of regular zombicide and just keep black plague because that's the one that i know that you like i like that one a lot so why are you keeping playing zombicide <sighs> i don't want to play them at all i really just want to convert it to a cube pusher like a la pandemic style because the problem with the side is it's cool that it has all these miniatures it's also a pain that it has all these miniatures mm -hmm. if you just had colored cubes on a map it'd be so much easier to just play that game but then again it wouldn't be as interesting mm -hmm. although there is one thing the side that i like and that's the in-game character development and miles just mentions give the minis to the kids this is one of my biggest problems it's like i'm gonna keep this game because the kids might like it no. The kids have their own games. Not. They have their own things. They, They're not going to play with if, it. But but why have kids if I can't like make them like the things I want them to like so I can relive my youth? So you can feel less guilty because you spent money on a thing that you don't like? Miles is on my side. So is Michael. So <laughs> I'm going to take that one. <laughs> I, you know, like if you were like, hey, I'm going to get rid of Marvel United, I'd be like, yeah, keep the minis because the kids will play with them. Those are fun minis of characters that the kids recognize in an art style they enjoy. They do not need 900 zombies that are sharp and step onable. So I do need to probably limit my zombicide to one zombicide version. Yeah. I'll give you that. And since I did back Green Horde and get all the stuff, Black Plague, I don't think I got all the stuff for. But if I was going to keep one zombicide, I'd probably keep that fantasy version probably although i am kind of curious about western legends because western legends not western legends western legends should be on this list though because nope it's not even on my list i gotta put that on my list um <laughs> my get my collection's growing the western whatever dead or alive i think is un undead or alive i believe is what they call it they got to do some kind of catchy thing um I don't have a lot of Western games. Western Legend is the only other one. So I think that Zombicide, the Western version, may be the one to keep because it's like the one that's most different from feel of all the other games I have. So if it were me, what I would do is pick my favorite Zombicide that I have in my hands, keep just that one, and then when the new one comes, play, evaluate, decide how I feel, and let one of them go. I like Michael's option. Pick two. I mean, which if you want to have, <laughs> if you want to have as many games as you want to have, that's up to you. You told me you want to have fifty games. I'm trying know, to I help know, you get there. You, you as are you right. know, I am pro 
live your dragon lifestyle. If you are a hoarder of games and that brings you joy, you want to sit on top of your game hoard and enjoy that. That's you. That's what brings you joy. Great. If you want to only have 50 games in your collection and you own more than 50 games, you are going to have to make decisions. And that's that's, that's what it is. All right. So I am I'm not going telling to... anyone. <laughs> I am an enabler. Feel free. You if it makes you happy and it's not bankrupting you, you do you, man. It's you. But you know, if Chris says he wants to have 50 games in his collection, I'm going to tell him which 50 games are going to spark joy. <laughs> this is this is not terrible. It's not terrible. All right. So this one, this is one where I definitely think I need to pick a zombicide and be like, okay, this is the one. <laughs> I, I feel like that's, that's correct. Um, all right. There's a couple other here that are a little trickier. Vindication. Vindication is a cube pusher that looks like a fantasy story game, but it's really just a super thematic cube pusher. And the concept of the game is essentially, or the story of the game, is you are scum. And you end up on this island and you're trying to vindicate yourself. So you're going around pushing cubes from one color to another color until you can get stuff and make yourself feel good about yourself again. It's It it has so many, and there's a bunch of little modules that you can mix into it as well, but those those don't even matter. It just has so many very interesting qualities as far as a Euro, a thematic Euro game. And it's a thematic fantasy Euro game. And I like that concept. Just in general, there's not a lot of fantasy Euro games. And this one does a really good job at it. So I think this one is kind of a no-brainer. The next one, though, which is also fantasy, is called Mythic Battles Pantheon. (sighs) This game. (laughs) This game. This game. This game was originally... A pog game, yeah, cardboard circles, and uh, then I used to buy those at the video store. Does that date yeah. me? <laughs> can people it, it does. can it people does really bit. draw a line in the cross sections and know exactly how old I am by saying I used to buy pogs at the video store? <laughs> yeah, this game has giant <laughs> miniatures. It is it like the miniatures don't even fit on the board. So bad. Like the miniatures, do you throw a slammer at them? Play the game. (laughs) You don't, but just barely don't. Uh, The gameplay to this is like there's all these cards, and the cards literally just have the name of the character on them. So a particular card, like you know, you might have Zeus, and Zeus has three cards in the deck, and you then you have Hera, and she has four cards, and you have the Spartans, and they're just an army, so they have like two cards, and you shuffle your deck, and these cards are used to activate those particular troops. And it's a back-and-forth tactical battle game. On the characters themselves, they have all kinds of different special abilities and things you can do. So the characters are very, when you activate them, they're very interesting. But the gameplay itself is pretty straightforward. It takes up three shelves by itself. There are so many boxes and so many miniatures for this game. So I feel like you are talking me into talking you out of this game already. I hear your voice so here's the thing. saying the things that I'm already going to tell you. <laughs> so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I really, really like this game. Mm-hmm. But like most things in life, you have to have someone else who likes the game. Mm-hmm. And Sydney really, really does not like this game. And so I hold on to it because I'm like, someday I'll have a friend who wants to play this with me. Someday. I just don't know that day's ever going to come. This John might be says one. he'll do it. I'm going to go I'm going to go to Michigan and I'm going to play with John. 
Um, because I I am a secret enabler. I might sound like I'm not in this episode, um, but <laughs> I would say there are some games that actually do make sense to maybe hold on to in your basement in case you succeed in raising your child to be, you know, you but 20 years younger, what m- more than that. 45 because, years younger. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> neither of us had kids at 20. I don't know why that's the number that came out. I'm very tired. Yes. Um, but yeah. Yeah. If you manage to one, um, create one of I've us. Painted, I've painted these miniatures as well. So not like detail painted, but painted, dry brushed, those types. Like they are they are color painted. And that's one I'm probably going to keep only because it's just it's it's a big game. And I think that the kids could love it. Like they could have a lot of fun with it. Could. Mm-hmm. All right, we're running short on time here. I'm going to just jump to Car Wars real quick. Um, actually, I'm gonna, there's going to be three more. We're going to talk about three more games. Three more comparisons here. Um, because this isn't really about my collection. This is about comparing the dilemmas that I'm going through with the dilemmas that anyone would go through in a situation like this. Um, and I say three, but I'm going to say three and then a category of games. So the first one is another Simon miniatures game. Um, Arcadia Quest slash Starcadia Quest. I've never played Starcadia Quest. I have it all. I have played Arcadia Quest, and I love it. And I have it all, but I haven't played it in probably three and a half years. It is a multiplayer, best at two or four, brawl game. where you're, it's, you're all trying to hit the same objective, but you are trying to keep each other from hitting that objective while you're trying to hit it. And it's a lot of fun with the right group. The, it's all chibi miniatures, and I love the chibi miniatures. So Arcadia Quest cleans up the rules a little bit and puts it in space. So instead of fantasy, it's sci-fi. And I haven't played it, but again, it's, it's a matter of like finding the right group. This is a game that I think is adorable, and that I think, I hope, that the kids would grow into. And this would be a f- great family, fun, like, brawl game. Also, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> That'll sound great on the mics. Um <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so I'm going to keep this because seriously, the amount of time I spent and money I spent on getting all the Arcadia Quest stuff, I would I would immediately regret. I, I, this is one of those things where I can't pick it up and say, does this bring me joy? It's like, this brought me joy. Mm-hmm. But if I got rid of it, it would bring me sorrow. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reason to keep something. Because mm. even though, I, I just think it is. When is the last time you thought about it before you wrote this list? I always think about it. It's always there always. in the back it's of your always mind. Always in the back of my mind. Yeah, I love. Or this did game you so much. forget so about fun. it for the last like I don't know how long has this podcast been going? I haven't heard you talk about it since Josh was on the podcast. Well, that's because I played an entire campaign with Josh, and then I played an entire campaign with um, a couple that we know through Sydney's old work, and like it's always fun to play. It's always fun. it did start the podcast. Like, our, we played through a, a campaign of Arcadia Quest, and that's, like, near the very beginning of the podcast. It, it was a very – I used to hear about this game all the time. I haven't heard about it in yeah. at least four years. Yeah. It's because I haven't played it in a long time. But I I love this game. But if I love it. I love still, painting the figures. I love it. If it's still making you happy, yeah, hold on to it. All right. So now let's talk about Car Wars. Because I'm on the record of saying 6th edition Car Wars – is one of the best, easy to get into, tabletop measurement combat games. I'm I sorry, really, I just really, fell asleep really, during that sentence. 
I know, I know. <laughs> and again, not everyone's categories are the same. It's true. Um, it is amazing. There are a couple rules decisions the designers made that I don't necessarily agree with. But that's not actually why I don't play the game. I'm fine with those rules. I will play them just fine. It's just super hard to, like, it's super confusing to teach other people those rules, which is why, like, this, yeah. But the only reason why this game isn't played all the time by me is Steve Jackson Games simply does not know how to support their games. Like, there's no organized play program. It took them over a year and a half to get this out after the Kickstarter delivered. It it was just, it's way, way, way overpriced. Like, ridiculously overpriced. There's miniatures in the game, but the miniatures mean nothing at all. And somehow you still have to spend $800 to get all of the different cards that allow you to build things. Like, there are some really bad marketing decisions that went into this game. However... The game itself is so much fun and so easy to play. It's it's like, it's fun. But I haven't played it because every time I pull it out, this is another does it bring me joy thing. Every time I bring it out, I'm like, I want to play this, but I am so furious with how poorly the publisher has handled this game. Why do you keep sliding way, way back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing steam. <laughs> <sighs> We're almost I done. I don't have any opinions about Steve Jackson games, and I can't pretend like I do. All right. Well, this is one of those games that I'm going to keep. Begrudgingly. Because, <laughs> begrudgingly. Because one of these days, I am going to be at a convention and not forget that it, it exists. Um, and well, I will I'm going to run this from it, the ground up, and we're just going to have fun with it. Think of all those other tons and tons of games that you see on your shelves so often that they have just become part of the wall. How many games are like that in your house? Where you just walk past a shelf of games and don't even think of it like (laughs) games, think of it more like wallpaper. No, most. Yeah, Yeah, definitely most. You take all those away, you're going to see Car Wars. You're going to see all these games you listed, you're going to see them and you're going to play them and you're going to remember. And that is the point of, of this whole exercise. That is exercise, the whole point of the say, exercise. If you have to, and so there's been a lot of studies one way or the other, a lot of bad studies. So one a study came out, I don't know, at some point that basically said, if you give people fewer choices, they will buy more from you. And this was like a study that someone did is like, you know, and it became like the gold standard of, of like reduce the choices and it makes people more likely to buy something. There have been countless studies after that one that have shown that to be completely untrue. <laughs> but the the point is, when you have too many options, the idea of having so many options, this is why the study was so believable in the first place, um, but having so many options is kind of paralyzing. And like, mm-hmm. okay, I can do anything. Uh, I'm just going to shut down and not do nothing. But there is a, a, a range there, right? If I have 50 games that I love, and I can look at any of them and be like, I'm in the mood for a Star Wars game that has pick up and deliver. Boom. And that's just what I pull down. That's awesome, right? I'm in the mood for a tabletop, you know, measurement skirmish game. Let's pull down Car Wars and build myself a car and just play this game. That's really what I'm trying to get to. Because right now, I will admit, I have too many games. And I have this overload and guilt. When I look at like a stack of games that I haven't played, and then a stack of games I want to play, I'm like, well, I want to play those but I should play these because I haven't played them yet. 
And we've all done that at work, I think. I don't know anyone who's like, okay, I have this list of things I need to do and this list of things I want to do. And they're blocking me from doing either of them. Mm-hmm. Because I feel guilty if I do the ones I want to do. But if I don't want to do the ones I need to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at with the number of games I have right now. Is I don't want any more new games. Even though they keep showing up. I don't know how. I don't know. Sometimes I go to a game store <laughs> and buy a new game. But it just happens. Um, because it makes me feel bad for not playing the games I want to play. And I think that going through this exercise and limiting myself to a smaller number of games, for some people, it's 50. For some people, it's 100. For some people, it's 15, right? Whatever it is. Yeah, we don't have Fletcher here to be like, Kitty 61 games is too many. (laughs) Exactly, right? It doesn't matter what that number is. It's just if if you have so many games that you are overwhelmed by them, Mm -hmm. and new games come in, and you're like, okay, why did I kickstart this? This was like four years ago and it's finally now delivering and I don't even remember this game anymore. It's worth having this exercise. And I've just listed about 40 games here. I, again, I have 400 more. I'm not going to suddenly wake up tomorrow and call 1-800-GOT-JUNK and have them load 300 games onto the back of the truck. That's just not – we're going to call GOT-JUNK but not for games. Um, this <laughs> That will get rid of in a different way. But this is actually what I'm really looking forward to. Next Gen Con – I'm bringing a lot, a lot of games, a lot of games. But um, but yeah, so I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and just get rid of all of these. But I do really think the exercise of what do I really want to keep versus what am I just keeping around is a valid one. Mm-hmm. And you've helped me on, on to look at this in a number of different ways. And I, and I like it. And I like, I like it. I like it. All right. So what games are you getting rid of? Oh, I actually looked at my collection while we were sitting here, and I was like, I can get rid of 10 games. So you can get down to 50? Uh-huh. Um, I can also not count all of Spencer's games. <laughs> so you don't count the kids' games, you don't count Spencer's games. Well, they're, but they're that's separate fair. things. Did you count any yeah. of your children's games? Did you count Don't Break the Ice and Pengaloo? All the kids' games are up here with me for some so, reason. And the reason is my kids kept throwing all the pieces on the floor while I was out of the room. T- Two games that are absolutely keeping for the kids and only for the kids is Necromold and Korra Quest. Um, both of them have their own. One of them's a, a kid's dungeon crawl. One of them is a kid's dudes on a map uh, with Play-Doh. That's Necromold. Uh, it really is kind of fun. Those I'm keeping just for the kids. And I don't think I would count them, but I'm never going to get rid of them until the kids say, I hate this. And then I'll get rid of them. You're counting games. I'm counting Spencer's games in here. I'm up to five. I'm surprised. He has five by. whole games. Yeah, he. They're they're not good games. I don't know why they <laughs> stuck around. I don't even know. I can't remember playing most of these games with him. He, the one game that I do know that he really loves is his. He's got like a vintage copy of um, Millborn. We talked about this on the podcast yep. recently. Um, he has Rune Age, the Walking Dead board game, um, which isn't bad depending on the version. It was it's fine. Like yeah. Um, Vampire Heritage. And I lost the other one already. So this goes towards what you're talking about, too. But Terrence asks, what about the RPG library? Where does that go in the oh, calculation? Yeah. That is also in Spencer's <laughs> so, game collection. But <laughs> Yeah. So I will say I did this with my RPGs last year. I took eight, eight to ten moving boxes, like the small book boxes. Mm-hmm. And... 
brought them to a game store and said, okay, give me a dolly because I have just a ton of books that you guys just make me an offer. And I think they offered me four, no, $600 cash for all of the different role-playing games, which was a fraction, like pennies on the dollar Mm -hmm. in the end. But I've done this purge with my role-playing books because I just had so many that I was never going to open. There was no need to have them exist anymore in my house. And that's sort of where I'm at with the board games as well. I like having a large collection. I've, like, when people ask me at work, it's like, how many board games do you have? I say, almost 500, but I've given away twice that number, which is true. And I don't need that anymore. I want to play more games. I don't need to collect more games. And that's where I'm at right now. In fact, next week's episode, 90% chance the topic is gaming phases. The phases we go through as we get into the hobby, we've been in the hobby for a while, and you know the, the ebbs and flows, like what types of games we're looking at and stuff like that. Because I'm, I definitely have gone through many different phases in this hobby, mm-hmm. and it's it, it, so have you. And, you know, even Fletcher, who's, who's, you know, he's still basically in phase one, but even he's gone more and more phases where he's like acknowledged and seen other things that are out there and other options. I'm so curious to see now he because he keeps blaming his space. And now that he's in the new place, I want to see if he starts bringing home more games or if it's all lies. <laughs> yep. So anyway, so that'll be next week. We'll talk about that. Um but no, you've helped me quite a bit here. We've gone a little over, not that much over. But um, you know something? I'm just going to well, change Once you cut out all of my here. silent stretches. <laughs> <laughs> There's one I want to kind of keep in, but uh, I'm not that. No, it's too late. Um, all right. So Kitty has a whole lot to say that's not going to be silent. So I'm just going to sit back, pour myself a glass of wine. You know, I can and- type too. <laughs> <laughs> How about I do the first part and then you do the credits? All right, fine. All right. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday night at 8.30 Central. Join us. You can also join our Discord to continue this conversation. This is where we're going to get all our feedback now. Um, plus, you get to talk to other people while you're doing it. And there's a link in the show notes for how to do that. Also, join our Board Game Arena group because it keeps growing and it's a lot of fun. If you want to play board games on Board Game Arena... Our group is the best group to play with. Show notes have links to everything. Always, if you don't know what the show notes are, just go to tabletopgametalk.com and you'll see all that information there as well. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Listener Doug, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Raymer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keefe, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Token Fan Forever, Michael Finley, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Sealander, Adrian Tong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Huang, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Witchman, and Michael27. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us, past, present, and future. If you want to be a patron, link in the show notes. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun.
So one question for you, Kitty. <laughs> you, you, did you have a question for me? You seemed like you might have a question for me. Oh, I was just saying you can really tell how long it takes me to scroll. Each time I had to scroll, <laughs> there was a significant pause in the names. We have amazing patrons. <laughs> All right. So my question to you is related to our topic. How many games should you own that you haven't played as a percentage of your collection? Mm, I think my collection, I've I think it's a bit on the high side at probably like I have played three quarters of my games. So as a percentage, you're saying about 30% of the games. I said 25 is a quarter. (laughs) Oh, right, right. All right. So 25% of your games you have not played. All right. I think that is not unreasonable. Miles says 20 to 30%. Um, I think that's relatively close. If I, if we had a 50 game collection, that means 10 games. Outside, over and above that 50 games, in my mind, would be um, <laughs> potential for need to play to get in the collection. <sighs> that number has been upwards of 70% at, at some points for me. I was going to say, I know that you have a very large percentage. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I'll have to do the math on mine and let you know. Yeah. The, the move really killed me. I've got a lot of games yeah. from the move that did not get played, but. I'll so, just blame it on Closing that, note, <laughs> when you get new games, play them. And then decide if you're going to keep them and replace something in your collection or get rid of them. Unless you're growing your collection, then just keep everything. Good night. <laughs>